So Money episode 1593, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. It's the Friday before Thanksgiving, November 17th, 2023. Have you bought your turkey? I ordered mine from Whole Foods. That's what I do if you're curious. People say, do you cook? On Thanksgiving, I say I do a little bit of a hybrid situation where I pre-order a lot of the high stakes items on the menu, like the stuff that I can't redo or I can't just like make on a quick notice. Like the turkey needs to be either already done or, you know, someone has to bring it because I'm not to be trusted. I'm not, I'm not a chef like that. I'm not to be trusted with things that require you know, measurements, <laughs> timing. I can make eggs. I can make a really great taco. I'm pretty good. Like I can do dinners for the family on a weekly basis. But when there are many people relying on me for feeding them on a big holiday, you're invited to my house. I make great appetizers. There's wine, but the big stuff needs to be handled by the pros. And so I leave that to Whole Foods. I usually go to Whole Foods in the morning. I pre-order a bunch of things. Like I got, I get the turkey. It's already cooked. So just have to warm it up. And then some sides that are a little too elaborate. And then the rest, you know, me and my, my new sister-in-law And my husband and my brother, we make all the other stuff. Like my husband makes the pies. My sister-in-law does the, um, this really beautiful uh, charcuterie spread. Uh, My brother will make some cocktails and it's fun. And I got my mother-in-law coming as well. So it's going to be a nice, lovely table. Hope everybody is looking forward to gathering, however they gather with whomever they gather. And I'm very thankful this year you know, for a lot of reasons. The book, A Healthy State of Panic, my book has been doing really well. Recently got a completely surprise gift from the staff at Newsweek. They just came out. It'll be in their actual news, actual magazine, I should say, not newspaper. Remember real magazines? Um, Newsweek still has an actual paper subscription and paper magazine. And it's also online. That's how I found out. They picked A Healthy State of Panic as one of their favorite books of 2023. And they recommend we all get them for our friends and family around the holidays. And I agree. But really, I was truly honored, totally unexpected. And I'll just read you a little bit of what they wrote, if I may indulge. Newsweek says that a healthy state of panic provides a fresh take on the fears that hold us back in our finances and our lives. The book is part advice tome, part memoir, and wholly engaging and informative. I love this part. Come for the guidance, stay for the moving, often funny anecdotes about the role fears have played in Farnoosh's life and how she and you can change the narrative. Thank you so much to Newsweek and Diane Harris, especially for being the one on the team, our, the deputy editor at Newsweek for picking my book as a favorite of 2023. For those of you who want to hang out uh, and meet and talk about the book in person, I am coming to Los Angeles in December. 
So you can go to a healthy panic.com and get those dates and get those tickets. But I'll just tell you, I'm going to be in Santa Monica, December 18th at Zibby's bookstore. That's a free event. You can uh, go online and secure your seat. And then also the next night, I'm headed to Torrance, California for a private dinner at Primo Italia. And you can reserve for that. It's also on my website at a healthy panic.com. But we're going to have a private dinner at Primo Italia, which is a fantastic restaurant in Torrance, California. And there will be dinner, there'll be drinks, there'll be a lively discussion. Your ticket will include a signed copy of my book and the seats are limited. So if you are going to be in the area or you're close by, I'd love to see you. I'm trying to hit up as many places as I can. I did a lot of East Coast spots in October and now I'm headed to the West Coast. I'll be going to Miami in January. I'll be back in some New York spots in February. Just, you know, let me know. Someone wanted me to come to Boston, 100% want to go to Boston. Got to go to Boston. I just got to figure that out. You know, I don't have a team here doing all my logistics and travel. It's all me. And so if you've got an idea for me, let me know, pass it along. And chances are we'll make something happen. Turning to our episodes this week, have you been listening? Oh my gosh. Did you listen to Wednesday's episode with Joe Piazza? My friend, she's a journalist and bestselling author. She's also uh, been examining this cultural phenomenon surrounding trad wives, which is short for traditional wives. This is a growing community of women who share online their choice to be traditional housewives. This isn't a stay-at-home mom. This is a woman who is trying to emulate the 1950s housewife. She dresses like the 1950s housewife. She caters to her husband like a 1950s housewife. She believes her husband's vote counts more than hers in the household. She doesn't make money. I mean, some of them actually do because their accounts are earning money because they're so dang popular. And yeah, this is like a really curious thing for people. And there are many who are espousing to this. And, you know, I'm going to have some opinions and I mostly I'm just curious and I'm still learning about this demographic. So Joe Piazza uh, has been following this uh, interesting group of women and she came with the facts and a lot of insights. And, you know, mostly we focused on the financial component to all of this. In other words, if you are a woman who chooses not to work outside of the home and not work for a paycheck, not only that, but you don't think it's actually your right and your role to have financial independence. Oh my goodness, what is going on? You got to listen to that episode. When Joe does content around this, and she does it quite a bit on her podcast and her Substack, she says like, it goes viral because there's so much of an appetite to learn about this phenomenon. As far as our questions today on Ask Farnoosh, we are talking about layoffs. Layoffs, uh, because why? Well, they're still making headlines. Most recently, we learned this week about Citigroup shedding massive jobs and uh overall media and tech is still hurting. Many people are losing their jobs. A number of big name companies actually posted job cuts over the last few weeks, including Condé Nast, Dish Network, Amazon. Amazon is not done with their layoffs. They've been cutting jobs left and right. And CNBC actually reported that more than 180 jobs are being cut from the Amazon games division. Snap, aka Snapchat, also laid off nearly 20 project managers. 
This was reported this week. And then Chewy, the pet supply company, they cut about 200 jobs. That's according to TechCrunch. Their stock is down more than 40% this year to date. What's, what's going on? Everybody got dogs and cats in the pandemic. Don't they need to supply their pets with things? And I thought maybe Chewy would, would be doing quite well right now. But layoffs.fyi, this is a site that I became obsessed with during the pandemic when I was covering a lot of the economy and the markets for CNET. Layoffs.fyi, by the way, great resource for tracking layoffs. If you're a nerd like me, they have found that more than 1,100 tech companies have laid off nearly 250,000 workers this year. Are we in a session? I don't know. I think I'm going to have to do some more episodes on what the heck is going on in the economy. All right. Before we get to the mailbag and talking about layoffs, which by the way, uh, those questions that I address are from earlier episodes. I just figured let's resurface them because layoffs are still in the news. But let's go to Apple Podcasts and pick our reviewer of the week. We have a new review. This person will get a free 15 minute phone call with me. Christopher 789. Christopher says that their review is long overdue. They've been listening to So Money since its inception back in 2015 when I used to do episodes every day. Yes, every day, seven days a week. I did five episodes during the week, Monday through Friday, interviewing people. And then I did two Ask Farnooshes on the weekends. What the what? I was crazy. I was like a nut job back then. And I, I don't know, would I do it again? I might, because you know, it really helped propel my show quickly to rank high in Apple and just get a lot of visibility. And also people were like, who's this weird woman who's doing a lot of shows? But it was like a really great marketing technique, I guess, in the beginning. And then of course, not sustainable. So now we're at three days a week. Uh, Christopher says that they've been following my career and my perspectives on money have produced many quality episodes. It's been a pleasure, they say, to witness Farnoosh evolve into being on television as the money expert on various interviews and hosting a series on CNBC, along with writing another book. It's like cheering on your friend with every adventure they take and wanting them to succeed. Did my mother leave this review? This is just such a nice review. I don't know. Like, and I, you know what, for me, it, what's getting me is that this person has been taking notes and has been watching and has been like, this is what I've been doing. And I feel like sometimes nobody notices. Like, does anyone remember that I had a TV show on CNBC? Does anyone remember that I wrote other books other than A Healthy State of Panic? Did you know that I had like 15 years of work before I did this podcast? A lot of people just think, you know, I'm somebody who started with a podcast. It's like, no, the podcast was like the 300th thing that I tried and attempted to do that did stick and I'm happy for it. Uh, This reviewer says, Farnoosh has also influenced me in not just how much to make wise financial decisions, but also life decisions. Oh my God, you just keep getting me here. This is what I want to be known for. Much appreciative, Farnoosh. Continued success in this financial and life journey, Chris. Oh my gosh, Chris, thank you so much. Christopher789. If you you don't know already, because it sounds like you listen to the show a lot, uh, you know how to get in touch, right? Farnoosh at somoneypodcast.com. Email me there or DM me on Instagram and let me know that you left this review and I will be in touch with a calendar link and you can pick a time for us to have a quick call. One more thing before the mailbag, I promise. And then we're going to get to your questions. 
I want to let you know that I have a group coaching program starting in January. This is my ongoing Farnoosh BTS behind the scenes program where I coach a small group of entrepreneurs and brand builders, personal brand builders who want to learn how exactly I do all of the things behind the scenes. Like how did I launch my book? How did I write my book to begin with and get the deal? And also the podcast and all the media that I get and the speaking opportunities and the events that I host and gosh, what else? The TV stuff that I do. This is your opportunity to literally let me hold your hand, tell you how it's done, show you all the things, introduce you to my people and essentially shortcut your way to building a brand. If you're interested in creating a multi-platform business like I have, like I do, let me teach you. I'm not someone who just started yesterday. I've been doing this for over 15 years. I've made mistakes. I have plenty of failures. And I want to tell you all about them so you don't have to make them. This is an incredibly transparent program. I want to emphasize that. And I hold nothing back. So if you're interested in starting your year off with a really cool mentor who's going to give you the truth, who's going to give you everything, link in the show notes. We are filling up. I'm not looking to get a million people into this group. I purposely keep it small and I hope that you will apply. And honestly, if you're not sure, but you're like warm to the idea, apply anyway. I'm happy to get on a call with you and share more and answer your questions. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Laura is our first listener with news of a layoff. She recently got laid off after being at this job for three years. She did get a great severance package. She does have emergency savings. She has a lot of perspective opportunities thanks to her network. She's asking us, me, what actions do you recommend taking as I navigate this transition period? Should I drop my 401k contributions? Thanks in advance. All right. Well, so Laura, last week when we had on Nicole Stanley, who is a money coach and her superpower is helping people with money and mental well-being, we talked about the aftermath of a layoff and how to balance your time, how to feel like you're being productive in the career arena, but also productive in the personal arena where you're taking advantage of maybe this time off and the good work of having this emergency savings, taking advantage of that severance package and making the most essentially of this time off. So I encourage you to go back and listen to that episode for more of that kind of advice. In terms of technically what you should be doing right now or what I, th- or what I would recommend, I have written about this and, and a lot of this stems from my own experience, but also talking to others who have been there, done that, and the things that maybe they wish they had done more immediately sooner than later post layoff. So the first thing is you mentioned you have gotten a severance package, which is great, but have you read the fine print? For full-time employees who get laid off, often there is some sort of severance that includes a continuation of pay for a period of time. Employers are not legally required to offer ongoing compensation, but severance tends to be a common practice. It helps to avoid hard feelings and lawsuits down the road because when you sign this severance, it's an agreement that you're not going to come back and maybe ask for more money or sue your employer. Average severance is anywhere from one to two weeks of your salary for every year of service. Unless, of course, you worked at Google. And I think the minimum severance, regardless of how long you worked there, was like four months. And then you got more on top of that. So my Google friends out there, I hope you're enjoying this time off. 
I don't know if you've signed the severance yet, Laura. You said you just got laid off, but I would really look at the fine print and know that it is a contract and there is room for negotiation. Be sure that if you have any questions that you have talked to HR, you could consult with an attorney and maybe there is room for some changes. Um, if you're not happy with some of the terms, things could be negotiated, like extending your health care, um, giving you access to job placement services. But you have to act relatively quickly because severance agreements have to be signed within 21 to 45 days, depending on your age and whether your position was terminated in a group layoff or not. So don't sign anything without really understanding the terms, without going back and forth a little bit with HR to ask your questions, maybe get a little bit more out of the severance. And of course, and of course, if you experienced any workplace discrimination, you want to talk to an attorney about what may be the best next move. Just want to put that out there for anybody else who's going through this too, concerned about their severance fine print. Secondly, you mentioned you have emergency savings, you got the severance, but you can also apply for unemployment. You know, you've been paying for this through your paycheck and this can help to supplement whatever gaps you may have. You could use your unemployment and your severance before you have to tap your savings. And maybe by then you've already gotten another job. And so you never even have to use your savings. So I encourage everybody who gets laid off, apply for unemployment. You do this in the state where you worked. The sooner you apply, the better. Each state has its own eligibility requirements. You can usually apply if your job was terminated at no fault of your own. And just go to the Department of Labor website where they have all of the applications for all of the states. It usually takes two to three weeks after submitting a claim to start getting those benefits. But why not? Start that right away. Third, secure health insurance. You know, you can get COBRA, which is a federal program that allows you to extend whatever healthcare coverage you were getting at your job for up to 18 months. It's more expensive than what you were used to paying because you're going to be paying your coverage as well as what your employer's contribution was. And then there is an administrative fee tacked on top of that. So COBRA is an option, but preferably maybe you're getting some sort of extended benefits through your employer. And that could be something that you could, again, negotiate with your severance if you haven't signed that yet. The alternative to COBRA is looking for insurance plans on the health insurance marketplace. Really important to secure health insurance. ASAP if you are not getting it through your employer, because this is one of the big unknowns when you're temporarily out of work. Unfortunately, in this country, we are still in a place where health benefits are largely tied to employment. Yes, we can go on the marketplace, but it's so much more money than getting it subsidized through your employer, right? It's kind of unfair. It is unfair, I think, but it's where we're at. If you're a part of a labor union or a professional organization, Laura, even if you're taking courses part-time at a local college, you may be able to get access to health insurance at a more affordable rate than through the marketplace, definitely cheaper than through COBRA. So explore your healthcare options. Really important to kind of secure this sooner than later. I'm going to get to your 401k question in a minute, but Next step, I think it's important to scrutinize your non-fixed expenses. Listen, if you feel comfortable with what you have in emergency savings, plus severance, plus whatever unemployment insurance you're going to get, maybe you can just keep status quo. You don't have to worry about your expenses. But part of me always feels like there's something I could be doing better in the budget. And that may mean looking at some of the subscription services that you have assigned yourself that you've been paying every month and sometimes you don't even care or use it and you could cut those off and it could save you 15, 20, $50 a month without any change to your lifestyle. And that's extra money that 
could really come in handy and can just, if at the very least, give you more peace of mind as you're navigating this unemployment period. All right, now your 401k, definitely important to examine your 401k options. If you have been let go, know that your 401k doesn't disappear. Your contributions definitely stop though. Like you can't pay from your paycheck anymore because you're not getting a paycheck. So what your options are with your 401k or your 403b is can either cash out the account which I don't like to do as a first choice because uh, while for those of us who may need to, I get that because maybe you don't have a security blanket, you didn't get severance, but it comes at a price, right? Withdrawing your savings from your 401k before your eligible age of 59 and a half, it's going to trigger a 10% penalty, most likely. You'll also need to pay taxes on the earnings. So by the end of it, you're really not get you're really getting like maybe 40 or just 50% of what is sitting in that account. The second option is to keep your retirement savings, your 401k intact until you decide to move them somewhere else. So with those job prospects that you have, if you do land a job in the next three to six months and you are confident you will, and that's what you want to do, then what you may want is to just let that 401k sit idle and then transfer it over to your new employer's 401k. Once you become eligible to contribute there, there's no penalty for that. There's no taxes for that. It's a direct rollover. The third option, let it sit there for a little bit until you just figure out what you want to do. You don't have to do anything right away. But keep in mind that if it's less than $5,000, you do run the risk of maybe getting it cashed out after a period of time. Again, this is where you really need to read the fine print. Different 401k providers have different rules around when they would write you a check and cash out your retirement account and send you a check at home, which would trigger an early withdrawal penalty of 10% and those taxes. So if you don't want that to happen, just review what the rules are at your 401k provider, whether it was Fidelity or Vanguard or one of those companies. And then um, I forgot to mention this, but you could also do a direct rollover to an individual retirement account as soon as you want. You don't have to wait for a job to show up to transfer that money out into, to roll over that money out directly into another like retirement account. You can do that now into an IRA, a traditional IRA that you can open up either at the existing investment company where your 401k is at, if you like them, or to any place else. The paperwork is really simple. You can do it in a lunch hour, but do something. I would recommend doing something within the next one to three months because you don't want to risk that 401k getting cashed out. And by the way, if you want to continue contributing to it, um, you need to put it into an IRA or you wait until you have a job with 401k and you roll it over there and you start contributing to that out of your paycheck. It's going to otherwise sit there collecting a little bit of dust and possibly getting eaten away by fees. I had a person write in recently talking about that and how her 401k, she hadn't done anything with it for a while and then noticed that the balance was dropping, not just because the market was being volatile, but because there were maintenance fees to keep the lights on basically. And that's kind of annoying. So maybe you can move it over somewhere where there are fewer fees. Lastly, I would just say, keep the door open with your employer, your previous employer. This is a little hard to do because I mean, I'll be honest, there is some resentment bad feelings towards your previous employer. How could they have let me go? I was a star employee. But this moment in our economy, I find that especially folks who work in tech 
and certain sectors that have been more disproportionately impacted by layoffs in recent months and the last year are finding that it's quite hard to get another full-time benefits-paying job. That what is more abundant are gigs, contract work, freelance opportunities, even at your old employer. Your old employer may not be able to replace you or replace that job in the next year, but they need support. They need staffing to address certain projects or quarterly things. So keeping that line of communication open, if you're interested in that kind of work, then you should definitely let your employer know that you're on hand and available for hourly pay, part-time work, contract work. Okay, another question about layoff from Vanessa where she was recently laid off after coming back from maternity leave. She has saved most of her severance and also has saved some of her last few paychecks. She's also getting unemployment. Her health coverage for her kids and herself will be, will be covered through California. Her husband is still working. So she says, this is not the worst, right? I get to have time with my six month old, be around for the summer. We're not, we're not financially strapped. She says, I'm interviewing and talking with recruiters but nothing feels like the right fit for me or my family. I'm thankful for unemployment and the savings we amassed before this happened to me, but how should I think about my next act and using this time to seek jobs? Well, Vanessa, you know, one of the things that I didn't talk about with Laura, but was part of the article that I'd written for um, about layoffs in the past, one of the final steps for those of us who have done all the things, you know, we've squared away our finances, we've secured health insurance, we've decided what we're going to do with our 401k, and now we're ready to look for jobs again, is that you may not want to continue working in the sector that you were. That's what I'm sensing from you is that you're just not, you're not inspired by the openings uh, that you're seeing. And so maybe part of what you want to do is go back to the drawing board and think about, well, what do I want to do? What is the impact that I want to make? What are the hours that I want to work? What is the money that I want to make? You know, kind of figuring out that Venn diagram where all those things intersect is where maybe you look for jobs and maybe you realize I have a skills gap or I have an experience gap. So can you get some of that online virtually until you're ready to go full force back into the job hunt? I feel like when you become a parent, there is this new way of thinking that we inherit that I think is ultimately healthy. You want to find a new line of work and you want to pursue your career, even if it was the career that you had before having kids, in a new way that recognizes that your responsibilities, your priorities have shifted and that there are certain things now that are non-negotiable. When I had my first kid, I, I decided I don't want to travel as much. I don't want to be out of the home as much, frankly. I don't want to be going and commuting all the time every day. And so I thought about what kind of projects, what kind of pursuits would A, make me money, B, continue to allow me to make an impact on my audience with my community as a financial advice giver, but and C, that was low maintenance for me that I wouldn't have to put on a suit or go out of the house every day, even just like, or have to put on makeup and show up right in front of an audience. And up until that point, a lot of my career was television focused, travel intense. And I do some of that still, but not as much. Instead, I got the podcast going. I started writing more. I raised my fees too, so I wouldn't have to do as much 
of the travel of the speaking. I could do less speaking, but make as much as a speaker as I was in years past. Give yourself the permission to be more discriminating when it comes to what you will and won't do in your next career. I've heard from employers, we love mothers. Remember this, employers do love mothers because when mothers show up and dads too, when you become a parent, you become laser focused on efficiency, productivity, and optimizing your time at work and at home. And that is a good employee to have. I think the employers that want to compete well in our economy, they have to recognize the benefits that come with hiring parents and to support them. So again, with that, look for employers that are going to provide those benefits for you. They are out there. They may be a little bit harder to find, but they are out there. I'm going to give you a resource and anyone else who's interested in pivoting their career or going back into the workforce after having a child. It's called APRES, which is French for after. Jennifer Gefsky and Stacey Delo have both been on this podcast. They're the founders of APRES. They've written a book as well called Your Turn, Careers, Kids, and Comebacks. APRES is a community that provides coaching and job boards for parents and particularly moms who are looking to get back into the workforce with more terms with more personal terms and wanting to connect with employers that recognize the talents that moms can bring to the workplace and are willing to nurture and support them with the right kind of benefits that can support all families. I'm looking at their website right now. Um, They have resources, they have events, they've been featured everywhere. So check out apresgroup.com. I'll put that link in our show notes. And last but not least, a question about money market funds versus money market accounts. Melissa writes in and says that she and her husband are trying to consolidate their bank accounts and get into a high interest savings account. Her husband is proposing that rather than a regular high interest savings account, that they put their emergency funds into a money market fund. She says, I'm doing some research on pros and cons. And while they aren't insured by the FDIC, they appear pretty low risk and they're heavily regulated. Would that be a good option for investing our extra cash? It would be cash that we don't need on a daily basis, though we may be withdrawing it within the next year or so to buy a house. Any thoughts on how to figure this out? And also let me know if I'm overthinking it. No, Melissa, you're not overthinking it. Money market funds are investment accounts. Money market accounts are savings accounts. Savings accounts are typically FDIC insured. You can put up to 250 grand in it. And if the bank collapses, the FDIC comes in, gives you your money back up to $250,000. A money market fund is not insured by FDIC. It's essentially a mutual fund. And so there is some regulation, of course, with all kinds of investments. Uh, There is the SIPC, Securities Investor Protection Corporation. This is the equivalent of FDIC insurance for investments. That said, it doesn't protect your money if, let's say, the stock market has a bad day and you lose value in your portfolio. This is if your brokerage, like your Fidelity, your Schwab, goes under, SIPC sweeps in, and provides up to half a million dollars in coverage for your investments. That includes 250,000 for cash. It is rare that a money market fund would lose the money, but it did happen. I just want to mention it did happen as recently as the 2008 financial crisis. At that time, investors could only get 97 cents for every dollar that they had invested in a money market fund. That was an extremely rare time, but it is important to 
pointed out that that it is possible for you to lose at least some of the value of your of your cash in a money market fund in a crisis like the financial crisis that we had in 2008. As an alternative, high yield savings accounts, CDs too, if you don't need this money for the next year, you could opt into a certificate of deposit, which does have a term and you can start with as little as three months or six months. You can roll that into a longer term CD later if you decide you don't need it as early as six months or a year. But those also offer pretty competitive yields and they are FDIC insured. So my feeling is that if you have cash that you need in the next year to two years, go with an FDIC insured account. It offers more protection. And in an environment like now where we are seeing high yields, the rates are very competitive with the funds. You're not really missing out financially by going with an account over a fund. And if anything, you're just getting more security. I think that if you are invested in a portfolio for retirement and there is an aspect of that portfolio that is a money market fund, fine, because you're not going to be touching that money for decades. It's not something that you're going to need immediately. But to hear what you're saying is like, you want to have this money for a down payment on a home in the next year. You want to take zero risk. FDIC insurance all the way. Thanks everybody, Melissa, Vanessa, and Laura. I appreciate all of your questions. I'm sorry to hear that layoffs are heating up, but I'm here for you. I've been laid off at least once in my career. Well, so I have personal experience, but also I've interviewed so many people about this by now. Kind of a layoff expert. I hope your weekend is so money 